All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Wednesday, January 19th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, this is a special episode. So special. I, I, I can't contain it. Now, just to let all of our listeners know, the wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people, that today we are not going to be talking numbers. We're not going to be talking box office. We're going to be talking just movie, as if it was a movie, um, which is not something we do here a lot. But we are going to just talk about the film, Scream, a.k.a. Scream 5, a.k.a. Five Cream. It's been spelled that way in some circles. And we have a special guest. We have a, uh, a, a, a just a TV bigwig. She's been a writer producer on, on some of your favorite shows like Girl Code, Guy Code. She's currently co-head writer on the Drew Barrymore show. But most importantly, she is a huge Scream fan and has played Ghostface on the Drew Barrymore show. Welcome, Chelsea White. Thanks for joining us, Chelsea. Thank you, guys, so much. What an introduction. Thank you for ending on my most esteemed credit that I have been uh, immortalized, I think, in at least one meme, dressed as Ghostface, which is going to be my legacy. Also, I appreciate you giving people the chance to tune out at the beginning. That was that was nice of you. Just to make well, sure if you don't like talking about movies as if they're movies, this isn't the well, podcast for you. There, there's some people, great. you know, I think a lot of our audience, they might just have a like possibly violently ill reaction to an, <laughs> you know, to a podcast in which there aren't numbers in which it's sure. not data driven. So it's more of a, a warning. I don't want people to it's be physically warning. harmed. It's a trigger yes. warning. And also it's, yeah, you know, also just I respect, um, when you're going in, getting something that's unexpected. We can't take any more unexpected surprises. No, not not after we've seen Not after Scream. everything we've been through and not after Five Cream. I hadn't heard that one, so I'm learning already. I thought I was a big yeah. Scream fan. Well, if, if, you, if you write it out, if you look at it, a five kind of looks like an S, kind of. Yeah, I see so, that. So then that's, yeah. I see yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. It's all clicking for I, me. Yeah. I, I think five cream though is is the least used of of the titles. <laughs> well, now it's going to be my most used. So thank you, guys. I'm so excited to talk about this with you. And now, Chelsea, quickly before we get into the movies, because again, like we said, we're talking about the movies. We're not talking about the numbers, but we will probably mention that this movie did do very well at the box office, which is great for us, great for us fans. We're not here to criticize. We're not critics. We are talking as fans. Yes. All right. So I want to know. There's a Scream wiki. Has anybody put you in the Scream wiki as an official <laughs> Ghostface? Because you, it, are your appearances as Ghostface canon? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I mean, in the definition of wiki is like any asshole can edit it, right? So the bigger question yes. is, should we go in right now and put me in as the official Ghostface? I don't know if anyone has, but I did stumble at one point... I was trying to Google, I was looking up on YouTube a previous appearance because I was going to 
reprise it and I was trying to see like what the little robe thing that we had bought looked like because we had to end up getting another one and in doing so I stumbled upon a you you know you like how I had to have an excuse for like I wasn't like looking up (laughs) myself just to watch myself as Ghostface there was a reason I was also looking at just to watch myself but um I stumbled upon a YouTube channel that it's like titled as like Ghostface like some guy being like this is Ghostface's YouTube channel he dresses up as Ghostface and um they were showing like a reel basically like a highlight reel of every time Ghostface appeared on Drew Barrymore show which is always me and all the com the majority of the comments were like I can tell that that ghost face has boobs. That's not ghost face. And I was like, why all the ghost face misogyny? So I think that's the biggest uh, mark I've made on people is that they don't want ghost face to have boobs. It's in the year of our Lord 2022. People still don't want ghost face to have boobs. And ghost face has had boobs since Scream 2. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Because when you think about it, how many ghost faces have there been? And we're going to, again, we're going to spoil five cream, as yeah. Pat <laughs> disgustingly calls it. Uh, so there's been, the the first two were male, of course. Second, right. there was one that was female. Right, yeah. Laurie Metcalf. And then the third one was male. Right. And then the fourth one, female and male. And then yep. female and male in this one. So yes. there's been more fe- more males and females, but not by much. Ghostface, a lot of your favorite ghost faces have had boobs. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Eat it. Also, now I'm afraid of like Ghostface's YouTube pages fans coming. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the majority. I don't know. I'm not shitting on anyone. I'm just saying that comment, those comments stood out to me and, and made me laugh. Slash made me feel like I had to be, you know. We still feminism isn't where it needs to be, you guys. That's what this podcast is really I, about. That's why I brought us here today. Yes. I would um, say do not go the Gwyneth Paltrow in in the Shakespeare movie. Don't you don't don't, don't women ghost face women don't strap them down. You don't need to. No. Wear a Kevlar. Wear a Kevlar because yeah. that'll mash them down good and it'll keep uh, bullets from killing you. Yeah. Next time and, I'm gonna and, do ghost face with a cone bra. I'm just going to go, go fully the other way. Go you full could, material girl. I mean, you could. The ghost face uh, outfit is also so free flowing and, and large that it's is like, a testament how, how is, to my rack. I mean, honestly, yeah, because how <laughs> yeah. is anyone noticing boobs in that big? It's not a form fitting skin tight. Ghostface leotard. People just want something to be angry about. Is this the direction yeah. you guys saw this podcast going when you asked me to be here? Uh, always. Always. <laughs> so let's get into let's do it. Five Cream, Scream 5, Scream 2022. Five Cream. Um, did we, and again, this is not a critique movie, but just to throw this out there to start, did we all love it? I loved it. Yes, Did you I loved love it. Love it. You guys both loved, loved it. it. I was excited because we have it. Really, I mean, you did text me and just give me the top line, Pat, that you really liked it. But I was really excited to hear both of your I, in-depth reactions. Can I say I'm not surprised that people love it, but I had a very uh, rich tapestry of emotions. So 
one of the perks of working on Drew, myself and our co-EP, we decided we since we're both crazy screen people, we produced the screen guests that came on. So she and I got a scream screener and got to see it a little early. So then we each, you know, we watched it like five times in the 48 hours before it expired. Right, right. So that and that could be affecting your feelings on this. I actually so you do got think a you got a five creener. I have a five creener <laughs> on, on Scream on Five Cream a five cream five creener. But then I did actually see it the other night in the theater, and I had a completely different feeling about it in the theater. Isn't that wild? Oh, we lost. Really? Clay. That's fine. We don't we've, need him. We've lost. He'll be back in a sec. Wait. So, so but, did so, you? like it more well okay so how did that change what was your what was your theatrical I went on a journey so basically the first time I watched it I was like I'm so relieved because you always worry like I don't want to not like it I want everything to be great I don't want to have a weird scream in the scream canon and Mm -hmm. I just loved it so 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 much I was obsessed I loved I felt like all the little uh fan you know, meta Easter egg thing, like everything that was like for just like fan, super fan candy. I was like, oh, they walked that perfect line of doing like crazy overt stuff, but it it didn't cross over into being weird and corny. It was just perfect. I'm obsessed. And then the more I watched it, it was kind of diminishing returns. Then I started to kind of be like, I don't know. Like it was good, but you can tell it wasn't Kevin Williamson and its origin. Like obviously he was involved and like, oh, it's good, and I like what the new directors did, but you can tell it's not what's great. And then I just started to get really in my head, picking it apart. And then I saw it right. in the theater, and it all came out. I was like, no, I'm back on board. Oh, great. So it ended great. what you It ended well, but I do still would not put it, because I feel like I don't want to jump ahead, but where would you guys, what are both of your scream rankings, unless that's something we're talking about later I, that I'm jumping ahead to? I mean, we could, we could, listen, this episode's going to be all over the it's place. It's free-flowing, I, just like the ghost face rope. It's free flow. It could show up anywhere. Anything could show up at any time. Okay, Seg- segments. Uh, you never know what the next segment is. The way you never know what, who the killer is. I love. It. I right now, and it's definitely recency bias. I have five cream, aka Scream Five, number two That's on my power rankings. Wow. And here's to set this up. I rewatched. All of the Scream movies in the week leading up to Scream 5. We and uh, I'll also throw this out because I do want to hear what your guys' level of Scream fandom is. I love the first one. Must have seen the first one a million times. Saw the first one in the movie theater. Love the second one. Saw the second one in the movie theater and saw that a million times. In my rewatch the week before, I realized I may have never seen Scream 3. All wow. the way through before. Like I'd seen wow. parts of it on cable over the years, but I never had sat down and watched all of the 2000 Scream 3. And then Scream 4, I saw in the movie theater when it came out 2011. Remembered not liking it that much. Did not remember anything about it. And then after my rewatch, my Scream... Uh, ranking is Scream 1 is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's it's a masterpiece. Correct. I like Scream 2 a lot, but a lot of that is because of lifelong Sarah Michelle Gellar love. Um, Scream 3, I think, is just a disaster. It's terrible. And I like Scream 4 a lot. So my power ranking is Scream 1, 
possibly then right now scream five second scream four maybe third wow. scream four and scream two it's i really do i love the first one i think two four and five are all really good and scream three is is terrible so that's my rankings okay this is a hot take clayton i'm very interested to hear yours well, of course. I mean, Scream One is is undeniably the number one film. It's it is one of the greatest films ever made, and this is where me and Pat differ because I would still put Scream Two at number two, and the reason being is that I feel like the opening kill is so mm-hmm. powerful. The Jada Pinkett at the uh, and Omar Epps at the stab one opening. The no, I've never gone into a restroom of any sort, let alone a movie theater restroom, without saying to myself, "Do not listen into the other stalls. Do not yes. do it. Yes. Don't do it because it never, never leads to good things." So, with that, I would say one, two. Then I'm gonna go with five cream, and wow. because, okay. and we'll get into it. But I think since the first one. It is the most I felt like, who is this going to be? Which one of this group of friends is it going to be? And it felt so much like the first film that mm-hmm. I feel like it really captured that kind of thing that made the original Scream so powerful. Then I would go four, and then I would go three. Okay. And now, I don't hate three. Three is the problem child of the original three films. I watch these films regularly. I think I probably watch them a few times a year just because they're they're when you know when people watch things for comfort, I watch scream films for comfort. I want to be around Sydney, I want to be around Gale, I want to re- be around Dewey, I want to be around Randy, I want to be around Stu, right? These are my Amen. people. So I will, watch, I will watch three and still know it's not a great film because, again, Kevin Williamson did not. Uh, he had something to do with it, but he did not stay the whole time. They had a different screenwriter. It shows. And I will still watch it. So I do think that three is my least favorite, but I do not by any means think it's a bad film or hate it. Okay. I respect that. You made a lot of good points. I have a very controversial take. Great. We love that. I would say, and then uh, I'll proceed to give a not at all controversial take. Obviously, Scream 1, I mean, can you imagine if someone ever put another, which would they even put? Can you imagine meeting another human being who put one of the other Scream movies above one? That's a you would have to time. just be someone who was the age who just saw Scream 4. That's a really and, good point. I don't consider yeah. that, which actually, Pat, thank you for saying that because that actually plays into what the hot take I'm about to give. So Scream 1, then Scream 2 for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, Scream 3 feels wow. like a weird, uh, you know, uh, square peg i almost said one time i uh was working a co-worker of mine years ago instead of saying square peg in a round hole she said 
square peg in a weird hole. So now we always say that. <laughs> so I almost just said that instead of the real one. So yeah, it's like a square peg in a weird hole. <laughs> I know it feels that way. And, you know, obviously we, you know, another, again, another podcast for another time. We all know the interesting history and, you know, problems leading up to screen three and rewrites and why it is what it is. And I know it has a lot of issues, but I think exactly like you just said, Pat, the reason I still have so much affection for Scream 3 and I'm such a Scream 3 apologist is because I I think I had a realization hearing you talk, Clayton, and then what you just said, Pat. I'm such a nostalgia-based person. I'm such a... Because I also will watch the Screams as one of my like comfort things to watch. And I think there's something about just that nostalgia and I can be kind of like an ageist like I can be really weird in certain ways about like Scream 4 is good but I didn't see it when I was 16 you know what I mean like I just right, think right. no matter mm-hmm. what I can it, it's hard for me with a movie that I feel is emotionally attached to as Scream for me to evaluate it in a more objective way which like is Scream 4 like a superior movie like nuts to bolts objectively than scream like three sure of course it is but i don't feel as emotionally connected to either of the newer screams i don't think i ever will so i still put scream three right there so i think for me they actually are in order like i think one two three and then i kind of feel like four and five is a little bit of a wash because i feel like i just since they're newer they're always going to feel removed and different for me and i also think um they have like kind of equal pros and cons. I don't know. Is that crazy? Am I crazy for enjoying Scream 3? I mean, you also could just be someone who likes Jenny McCarthy more than the (laughs) average person. Because I do think a big reason why I have it so low is if if Jenny McCarthy was a different actress, I may have had Scream 3 higher or at least not said it was unwatchable. Just cutting the fish that? sticks. I always think about it the weird way she'd be like, fish, fish, fish sticks. I'm surprised she didn't just pick her nose during it or like pick pick her wedge because that was like a big Jenny McCarthy thing was like, I'm hot, but I'm also gross. Right. But, um, but So here, I want to throw this oh, out. Oh, Pat, real quick yeah. though. Sorry. I'm I'm yeah. confused that you didn't like her in, 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 in Scream 3 because – did you know she's one of the only cast members to be in both the Scream franchise and the Scary Movie franchise? She was also in Scary Movie 3. I mean, I feel like that's part of it is she feels like a turncoat. And it's like, don't do Scream <laughs> and then go over and start making fun of Scream. Like, even that's Jamie funny. Kennedy didn't do that. Jamie Kennedy, who I'm sure had plenty of offers to cross over into the scary movie franchise and turn them down. He didn't do that, but Jenny McCarthy did. I think that is shows a lack of character on well, Jenny McCarthy's it, part. And the one time Jenny McCarthy has ever lacked character is doing <laughs> the scary movie. Well, um, what if our beloved Simon Rex is in Scream 6? I mean, does I, the reverse crossover. I think the reverse crossover is, is it still a moral way to go. So I want to throw this out, Chelsea. This is something that we've been talking about on the last B.O. Boys. We were talking about analyzing the box office. Because Scream 5, huge opening weekend. It's a big hit. Scream 4 was a bomb. You know, Scream 4 came out in 2011 and just flopped right from the opening weekend. And our theory on that has been that when Scream 
four came out 2011 it was 11 years since the first one uh or 11 years since the third one and um it came out and was actually too recent in terms of there being a nostalgia wave like people in 2011 didn't quite feel nostalgic for scream yet now in 2022 people are really nostalgic for it you know people in our age demo who were you know teens when the first one came out we weren't ready to look back then but we feel ready to look back now so i mean did you have any of that like when scream 4 came out 2011 were you excited to look back or were you just too too busy to care well i think since i'm such a like psycho scream like what's our fandom scream heads ghost facers is there an established? Oh, okay. Since I'm such a psycho scream super fan, <laughs> since I'm such a psycho, uh, not just for this, for loving scream, but for other reasons, I love scream so much. I was excited, but I guess I really, I wouldn't have framed it that way at the time, but I think that makes absolute sense. So I personally, as Chelsea was excited because I was like, Oh my God, another scream. I never thought it would happen. This is everything I ever dreamed of in the original people. But yeah, I def- it wasn't from a nostalgia feeling. It was just like, I'm a Scream super fan, so I'm excited. Whereas now, it's like both together. It's like, I'm still a Scream mm-hmm. super fan. Plus, there's, you know, a nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this one. And uh, I'm going to just start, I'm, you know, we're all going to be tossing just key points of this movie all over the place. So I'm going to start with this one. They brought back Billy. They brought back Mm. Billy, and not only did they bring him back, it's not like they're just talking about him. There's a character in this movie who is his daughter, and Skeet Ulrich appears as basically a ghostly apparition talking to his daughter in this movie. Um, I mean, I love that part. What did you guys think of Ghost Billy also becoming like a friendly ghost like he's lovable in this like chelsea what did you think of sort of this darth vader redemption arc for billy loomis lovable i was obsessed with it and that was one thing that i think i'm interested to hear also than what you think clayton but i i feel like it's a little bit divisive and maybe something that people are the most divided on based on just like the little skimming of reviews i've seen but i I'm here for, again, I'm the nostalgia queen. Like, give me Skeet Ulrich anytime, any form, even with weird aging, you know, backwards CGI that's really fucking creepy. Justice for Stu. Like, I was mostly upset that Matthew Lillard didn't come back with weird CGI. Like, a cameo can do no wrong for me. So, I I agree. I do think that is a place where people might have laughed and said, what is this? Or uh, a WTF, if you will, mm-hmm. they would have texted to their friends. But I, I loved it. I mean, again, the t- the two OG killers, I love. I mean, especially. I mean, I think from this conversation, we're definitely both outing ourselves as 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 stew stew fans or yes. stew stands, if you will. And talking about real quickly, you know, those Easter eggs that I've been unearthing on Reddit. There is a point where one of the characters is watching a review of the movie Stab 8. And on the side, there are other YouTube videos. And one of them at the very bottom is, is Stu still alive? 
And now it might be one of those things where the filmmakers are saying, oh, we're going to give the fans an Easter egg, show that, yes, people are still, even in the this universe, questioning whether this, this guy died or not. I think there's a possibility it's opening a door for Stu to come in Mm -hmm. because originally, and you probably knew this, uh, Chelsea, that there was an original script for three where Kevin Williamson wanted Stu to be alive and in jail and his acolytes would be doing uh, scream ghost face killings. And there's people who still believe that that is going to happen in one of the next films because in the hospital scene where... Ghostface is, and they all show up, and it's completely pitch black, and the security guard or the guard is killed. The theory is one of the two killers couldn't have done that. It could be an acolyte. It could be somebody. Stu was, Stu was involved in this. Now, I'm getting everybody excited. This might not happen, but I do think having Billy Loomis, even as a ghost, his death was definitive, obviously, because he was shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Stu was stabbed, but then a TV fell on his head. And Matthew Leonard himself, in various interviews, has said, that would not kill me. I'll do it right now. I'll show you. <laughs> so th- this is a man who wants to come back, and yeah. we're a fan base who wants him back. So if Billy Loomis's ghost has opened the door for Stu to come back, then I'm all for it. I 100% agree. And I actually, that was what my little like prediction for Scream 5 was. I actually really thought they would take that bygone, you know, thrown away storyline and reprise it for Scream 5. Maybe not fully like having Stu be the main, you know, but on in some capacity, yeah, ha- bring that back and then have both like um, Billy and Stu make cameos, especially just like you said, Clayton, because I did see it was so interesting how much press Skeet Ulrich and Matt. Lillard were doing together kind of like leading up to where I was like something is how like either they're like literally Paramount is paying them (laughs) to just like be nostalgic characters that are you know playing at our nostalgia factor to get people excited because to my knowledge there was nothing else they were like promoting really unless just like comic-con stuff it was so weird and and Matthew Lillard was saying that a lot um, and I was really disappointed. Maybe that's why I don't like fully love Scream 5. I was disappointed they only brought back Skeet and not um, Matthew, but maybe that will be in the future. Also, sidebar, Kevin Williamson did use that thrown away Scream 3 storyline for the following starring Kevin Bacon, which yes. if you guys haven't watched. Have you guys watched? I've watched all three seasons like two or three times. I really am into it. I never watched it, but I knew I, I I knew I didn't know at the time when it came out that that was a re reused scream pitch. But I know that was the show that Kevin Bacon did after Bernie Madoff took all of his money. <laughs> well, that too. But you guys um, should watch it. It's funny to, you know, as I was rewatching all of the Scream movies that week and I would separately text you guys stuff about my rewatch and you, whoever would get back to me first would always have one of those type of tidbits. You know, like, <laughs> did you know that the plot was and both of you sent them just at different times. <laughs> That's like you guys. You're like are, you're like batting you're, off the like weird. I'm like, I know, Chelsea just told like, me. Yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> you should have merged us into one screen. <laughs> Why are you keeping us from talking? That's to each what other, this Pat? podcast is here for. This episode yes. is just to finally bring all of your separate uh, Easter egg tidbits together. 
<laughs> so the Billy the Billy Loomis ghost thing, I thought was so interesting how likable he was, how how sweet he seemed. I mean, because it really plays to the idea that as time goes on, we like everybody from the past. Obviously, there are some rare exceptions through history, but you always end up looking back and liking everyone. And I would be curious, I raise this to you, Clayton, if they had some way had the Billy Loomis ghost be visible to the other characters in Scream. Like, do you think at this point Sydney would have seen the Billy Loomis ghost and just been like, oh, hey, Billy, it's been a while. <laughs> like, I kind of feel they would have had just a, you know, like a winking, like, yeah, we sure we sure have been through the ringer together. I I feel like we diverge on this. And the only mm-hmm. reason for this is because because Billy killed her mom. If Billy had only killed a bunch of her classmates and her best friend Tatum, who who keeps in touch with their best high school friends? I mean, some people do, but not everybody. Sydney so, and Tatum would have lost touch long time ago. They would have at this definitely point. lost touch. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that. So I want to I want to step that back. I think they were not the kind of friends that last for a long time. No. You could tell there's certain people who are friends forever, and then people who were going to take their separate paths. So I do think if it was Tatum got murdered and some of her friends got murdered. Then I don't think that she would have held that much of a grudge against him. And there would have been maybe a like, I'll take care of your daughter now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's the killing of the mom. I just don't believe you get over that even after so many years. That's a really good point. Yeah. Chelsea, what's your take? Well, I never even thought about it. That's such a, yeah, 100%. Because other than the mom, and to your point, yes, Tatum, of course, she was devastated at the time and not that it wouldn't be traumatizing. But um, other than that, I mean, she was close with Randy, but that wasn't Billy's doing. And like she didn't know Casey sat next to her in English. Who gives a fuck? You know, it's like I feel like there wasn't really anybody else that Billy killed that was close to her. Yeah. I mean, like God loves Henry Winkler, but. Not Principal Hembry. Yeah. So I think, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I, I I do think Sydney and Billy Ghost could have, maybe it wouldn't have been an immediate thing. Like Sydney definitely would have been thrown a little bit. But I, I, I mean, Billy's ghost, Billy Loomis's ghost may. Is hot. Oh, sorry. That's not It's hot. Okay. It's hot. He, he does, re, you know, I don't think the, the age down CGI stuff actually looked bad on Skeet Ulrich because Skeet Ulrich always looked like a weird version of Johnny Depp. (laughs) So like a CGI version of Skeet Ulrich kind of fits in his whole aesthetic anyway. But I think there's a chance we're going to get more Billy Loomis ghost if there is a Scream 6 because he's almost like becomes, I mean, you said this, Clayton, when we walked out, he's sort of like the Obi-Wan character in this franchise now. You know, he's like... The uh, what's is Sam? Is that the name of the new lead character? Yeah, his daughter. He's basically like Sam's, you know, ghost advisor, and maybe we'll get more ghost Billy Loomis. I don't know. Or do you think that Sam 
going on the killing spree at the end of five, does that release Billy Loomis like into the next step in the afterlife? Is he free to to move on? I, I feel like the bigger question is, do you guys think that this is the beginning of like another, like, is this an obvious foray into like, there's going to be scream six and seven, but that's like a new trilogy. Right. I mean, like this can't be, and to that end, I feel like they'd be crazy to not keep bringing Billy back because I feel like the fans demand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I do think this is the beginning of another trilogy. I mean, we're not talking about box office on this episode, but the box office seems to be strong enough. We'll see how it legs out. But I do think that they are laying the groundwork. I think there's going to be that our final girl is now the spawn of one of the original killers. And what is that? What does that mean and how is she going to control that homicidal tendency that she mm-hmm. has? And I think that's an interesting that's an interesting curveball because I love Sydney, but she is goody goody, make the right decision. This girl is a bad girl. She took drugs, she left her family, she's you know, she worked at a bowling alley, she dated Jack Quaid. <laughs> These are all bad things. <laughs> And so I do think that that's an interesting curveball. And to go back real quickly, the one now to go back on Pat's thing about maybe they, uh, Sydney and Billy would would have this kind of like smile at each other. She, he was her first, so you do never forget your first. Do any of us currently have our first? Uh, is someone who is a ghost? <laughs> I thought you were going to say first as uh, turning out to be a serial killer. Homicidal or maniac. That. Yeah. I would. Um, if I said both, would you be surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with not so far as I've heard as of yet. Yeah. That's, that's Life is the long. boat. I, that's the boat I'm know. in. I don't, think, I don't think she's a ghost or a killer, but I <laughs> can't say for sure. I do think for sure they're setting up a new trilogy. I mean, they, you know, I think the difference between five and four is four didn't leave off with here's a new lead character that you love you know i mean this one kind of set up a new gang of four because you have the lead character sam survives her sister survives and the the new randy which is these two twins basically are new randy they both survive the meeks so you've got like a a new cast that they've set up and I definitely think they're doing that for a reason. I mean obviously this has to make money, but I think it's I think this movie is already profitable just from the opening weekend. Well, that's the issue with 4 is that 4 slaughtered everyone mm-hmm. and made the new final girl the killer, Jill of course, who I thought that character was very boring until that turn at the end and I thought uh, Emma Roberts was spectacular at the end, but the problem with four was that you didn't get attached to any of those characters. And mm-hmm. well, also Kirby is alive, as we know from another Easter egg, which was another video that you could click on. Kirby did yes. survive, which the internet's going nuts about Hayden Panettiere's character. So maybe we see her in six. But I do think, like you said, Pat, they definitely kept people alive Mm -hmm. in order to keep this going Mm -hmm. and i think that that's great and a lot of people were like how were both the twins still alive it's like these ghost face obviously were not great at hitting organs Mm -hmm. (laughs) so 
you know, they made the ghost face less clumsy in this film. He's the mm. least clumsiest he's ever been, but the least deadly he's ever been. That's Which I, I don't really mind all that much. And and they left the uh, the first girl alive because one of the killers, she had a thing for her and did not want to kill her and also wanted to bring her, her sister back. That was whole part of the, the thing. But poor Wes was such a nice boy, <laughs> was getting the food, the, the plates ready for his sushi with his mom, and he got killed in such a horrible way. I was I was definitely heartbroken for Wes. Well, since you brought up the the death scene, I'm curious to both of you and Pat, I can't remember if I said this a little bit when we were texting or not, but um, one of the things that after the initial excitement where wore off and I became I began overanalyzing five cream, um, I realized that none of the death scenes, in my opinion, are as entertaining or creative as past ones and I oh Mm -hmm. on the whole just like as a big picture sure it was entertaining it was I mean like yes great I had a fun time obviously I watched it five times but there wasn't like you guys even brought up like there wasn't that knife through the bathroom stall door there wasn't even the one I think of often which maybe isn't even the best one but one that stood out to me in Scream 2 where also on screen too, where the they wrecked the car and Sydney and her roommate are oh. trying to cr- climb out. Mm-hmm. Even in the you know ill begotten Scream Three, when the house explodes, at least that's like creative and interesting and memorable. Like it's a fax. Like someone's threatening you on a fax. Like come on, like it's insane, but it's memorable and creative. And I feel like that's what makes is part of what makes a Scream movie a Scream movie is that the kill scenes kind of have a twist or are interesting, creative, something you haven't seen before. And I don't think any single one, any kill scene was interesting or creative in this one. I think they were very straightforward. Is that a controversial take? No, I agree. I can see that. And I agree with that because there was not a lot of stalking scenes. There seemed to be a lot of jumps out, attacks, either maims or kills. And yeah, the set pieces, I mean, obviously that famous one you mentioned with the the, the taxi is, is an all-timer. And even, you know, getting into the big spoiler, poor Dewey. Oh, how did you guys bites feel about it. that? It, I, I thought it needed to happen. I mm-hmm. thought Arquette did the best acting of his career in this film. But also, that should have been a more spectacular kill. He was one yeah. of the original. He survived the first movie against all odds because he was originally supposed to die, but Arquette made that character his own. They put in the scene where he's putting on a stre- put on a stretcher. He's okay. And I think his death should have been such a huge set piece and a memorable set piece. And, you know, he comes back, uh, he goes back in to shoot the killer in the head because he's like, you got to shoot him in the head. And the phone rings and then he gets stabbed. I just feel like there could have been something more done there that made it more of a holy shit. It was worth it to see this death because of what we just got to see. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think the, the thing that would have put that over the top is if it happened in front of Gail. You know, I think I I think the reason that too soon, Pat. But it's like that would 
the Dewey death in front of the people, or did no one see it? They all went down in the elevator. But I, I think it's it's more that, that the, we didn't get that cutaway of someone screaming, no, Dewey, and being pulled away. Yeah. Um, I like that whole hospital. I agree with you, Chelsea. There wasn't a, you know, uh, uh, Tatum in the garage door situation. Right. Something that spectacular. But I did love the way... Uh, Deputy uh, uh, Sheriff, is it Trudy? When she gets off, and her son, it's Judy, Judy. Um, like I like that whole sequence. Her like running and getting there and just getting stabbed. But yeah, there wasn't like a, there wasn't a wacky, crazy death. I feel like this movie maybe consciously was doing that. Like they didn't want to get too gimmicky in the deaths because they made they made. Ghostface seem a little bit more like scarier and realistic than some of the sequels did. That's true. So they probably just didn't want to do like like a real uh, um, uh, you know mousetrap type you know death situation. They wanted to keep it a little grittier. I mean, the death that was spectacular is when is it Amber is the villain oh, is yes. the one who turns out when she gets burned alive. The way, and I don't know, Chelsea, have you seen, are you a fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, but I did. That was something I read on the internet that that was like like a reprise of. The same actress dies the same way in that movie where she is set on fire and then ends up coming out screaming later. It's so insane that they just did that. I mean, it was such an in-joke. Well, the thing that I and Clayton, tell me if you heard about this, because I could also just completely have like misinformation or like uh, I certainly probably didn't get it from a reputable source. But I remember reading at some point in time that there was a version of Scream 3 where one they were going to have two killers instead of just Roman and that the other killer, like whether maybe it was even like the chick that played Sydney in the movie or maybe they did different versions. I don't it know. It was. It was an actress. And that she actually was supposed to die by getting lit on fire in one of the versions of the script. So that immediately and I haven't seen on the Internet a, a link between that past scrap version mm. and this but that was where my mind went to originally like, i was like oh like instead of you know this is another example of them sort of like taking something that didn't make a past scream and putting it in here but i don't know maybe that's not even true or maybe that was one of the versions of the script that was never meant to be shot and was like a decoy version i don't know had you ever heard that fact yes so so the original in the third film it was supposed to be roman and the actress who plays sydney and I did not know of the death, like how she was supposed to die. But originally, you know, they see her, quote unquote, get killed and then they don't see her body. And then that was supposed to be, oh, she's going to come back. It was going to be like a fake out like they like to do. And so I think these guys who made this film, the Radio Silence guys who also did Ready or Not, they said they did Devil's Do. They did a bunch of YouTube videos before this. I get the feeling just from watching this film that they are complete scream nerds yeah and i wouldn't put it past them to have known all of these facts read all of these scripts even the decoy scripts and take stuff from it for the fans 
you know, in a movie that makes fun of toxic fans and how fans want Scream movies, and, and in this case, the Stab movies, to be what they used to be, I think they did a great job, like you said earlier, of really weaving in fun stuff for us, but not winking at us in a way that's so obvious and gross that if you were only a person who's seen the first Scream, you could watch this film and still enjoy it. 100%. Yeah, completely. Well, I think they even said said as much. And I think, I mean, Nev Cam- I can't remember if Nev Campbell said it on our pre-interview or I got to talk on the phone with her or if she said it on the show. So but, lucky. But she said it was surreal. And I literally, I was like, I have to just be a weirdo right now and tell you that growing up, I had a cat named Sydney. And she like, she was like the <laughs> sweetest person in the world. She was like, oh my God, I love that. It's like, I hope you do. I hope you're not dialing 911 now right now. Um, but she, yeah, she said that, I'm pretty sure she said it on the, on in press that the directors wrote her and I assume all the cast a letter to just kind of be like, here is our passion for Scream. Like Wes Craven literally made us want to be directors. Like this is how much we love it. Like, please be involved. Like we won't do it if, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this like, cast speaks, it. the original cast speak so lovingly about Wes Craven and how much they love working with him, even under circumstances where for most of the movies, the script wasn't done and they had to do rewrites and all these things. And I think that was a big thing. And, you know, she said she said it in interviews that she wanted to make sure that whoever took over uh, would do right by Wes. And that was really important for her. And I do think that they, you know, it it's not exactly a Wes Craven movie, obviously, because they're different people. But I do think that they definitely did a good job. And it could have been such a disaster oh God, if yeah. you would have put it in people's hands who didn't really Who didn't uh, care. care. Who just the know. cliche. Yeah, yeah. Just like whoever Joe Schmo that they were like, here's money. Make a screen movie. I don't give a shit. So, yeah, it was we really because lucked out with having people who cared about the franchise. And the difference between, I think, Scream fans and other horror fans is that, you know, we have characters to attach ourselves to that repeat throughout every movie. You know, you've got Gail and Sydney and Dewey. And that's the thing is that makes these so, so special is that you do have to do right by these characters. You don't have to just be like, Ghostface has to be badass and do a bunch of crazy kills. It's like, no, you need to make sure that Gail is respected, Sydney's respected, and Dewey's respected. Yeah. And I think they did that. Now, what did you guys think about the very small part that Gail and Sydney played in this film? Well, I'm, I, I, I was I'll just say, getting emotional. Say what you want to say, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess what I'll say is this was Five Cream, Scream Five was, was definitely quote unquote Dewey's movie amongst the three mm-hmm. legacy characters. And I think, you know, listen, I whispered over to, to Clayton uh, immediately, like after Dewey's first scene, he's going to die this movie. You know, it's one of those things where you could tell they were giving him the big exit, giving him a lot of dramatic weight, and then he was going to die. And I think that since most likely we're going to get more sequels because this is a hit, I my prediction is that the next movie is going to be possibly Gail's movie. Ugh, like I do think no. Gail is going to be the this legacy character who's in the center of the next one, and that may mean 
Scream 6, AK 6 Cream, is the end of Gale. So that's my, I thought they did right by everyone. And I love Gale being so pissed off when, when she kills Amber because he killed Dewey at the end. I thought they did right by everyone, but I think like the next movie is going to be the Gale Weathers movie. They did say in this movie, uh, in the first scene, the ghost face on the phone said, everyone would know Cindy, Sydney Prescott. She's in every stab movie, but the last one. So does that mean that we might lose even Sydney in the last one? I mean, that I'm going to throw out just oh. even saying that. What do you think? Clayton, would they ever actually kill off Sydney? I agree with you, Pat. Yeah. That's a very, I mean, to keep the stakes up, I guess they'll have to keep killing legacy characters but i feel like it's hard to imagine sydney dying i don't think sydney i don't think sydney should die will she die with these guys at the helm i don't think so and i think the reason why is because sydney represents something that is very needed in humanity which is the ability to survive no matter what, right? Mm. She is a symbol of survival no matter what gets thrown at her, no matter how long uh, she has a respite from it, she overcomes. And I think to kill someone like that, now that she represents something so much bigger than herself, would be a mistake. Mm -hmm. I think killing Dewey was tragic, and I was sad about it, but I think he died a hero, he died nailing who the killers were, mm-hmm. and right. he died saving somebody, and that's and you know as him being somebody who was not part of the police force anymore, uh, he wasn't able to do that for however long since they forced him to resign, and I think that was a noble death for him, and I'd rather see him die that way than slowly in his uh, little two banger that he had. <laughs> So you with know, an oil painting of a it, cat framed on the wall, which is my favorite detail. And did you see he had Tatum's he had ashes? Tatum's on ashes. His... Although I didn't yeah. notice that till the rewatch, but the cat I clocked immediately. <laughs> you gotta. You're always on the on the on the <laughs> on the swiv- swivel for a cat. I agree with you though, uh, and it. I mean, yeah. It just she's the Laurie Strode, right? She's the. It's like you can't. And even in the meta parts of. Scream 5, they acknowledge it's like you can't, you kind of always have to have a legacy character in there, like as a through line, Mm -hmm. right? Like it just doesn't really work. It doesn't have the credibility Mm -hmm. or the stakes or it's like, do you care as much if there's a Scream movie without Sidney Prescott? I would argue you probably don't. Yeah. But I I do think the next one, she will not be in very much at all. They will probably pay her a million, two million to get on Zoom. To do a couple (laughs) scenes to get on Zoom. Which, oh my God, someone just the other day told me about um, a scary movie that I must have missed called Host that came out in the past couple of years that Mm -hmm. they filmed all on Zoom. You guys already, I mean, you guys are the BO boys. I'm sure you know about it. How'd Host do with the BO? We we haven't talked about it on the show because it's a straight to shutter movie. Sure. And therefore it never had BO and therefore it's meaningless to us. So it's your but spin-off. I, I ha- it's the streaming numbers, boys. Well, we've the stream- we streamo ta- boys. Yeah. yeah, we talk about how we are not the streamo boys. We are the BO boys. God damn it. So if yeah. if host two though ever gets made and then gets a theatrical release and does Bobo, then we'll then we'll acknowledge it. Yeah. That's fair. 
Um, but I also I've I've almost watched it a few times and and not quite pulled the trigger yet. But at some point I will watch that Zoom horror movie. Yeah, I agree though that Sydney is probably going to be mostly on Zoom in the next one, and then Scream Seven Seven Cream will be the one where I I think they can never kill Sydney because. You don't kill Sydney until you know you're never going to do a sc- another Scream movie, and yeah. it's Hollywood, and they're always going to want to have the door open to do another Scream movie. So I think, yeah, I think she's going to be like the way Jamie Lee Curtis is in her seventies, still doing Halloween's. Yeah. I think Nev Campbell is always going to be getting that, those paychecks every ten years. Although they could, I mean, haven't they killed Michael Myers at least once, if not twice, kind of ish at the end, and then it's like, but he's kidding. He was, I know, but that's a. That's also a podcast. That's the thing with Scream is the villain. It's not the villain who's the the through line. It's the heroes. Right. Uh, Halloween Resurrection, I believe, the one where Buster Rhymes beats Mike Myers with Kung Fu. Classic. The beginning of that film, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is killed by Mike Myers. Michael Myers. Not, uh, you know, not, not the love guru. Um, so that is now retconned, obviously, because the new Halloweens start being sequels to the very original film. So obviously, she's still alive in canon. But so point being, there's always ask, a loophole. It's like you know they could is. kill Sydney and then shelve it for ten years and then be like, J.K. Mm-hmm. It was a clone. Yeah, I, they could always pull out that it was a clone. It's a clone. Uh, yeah. It was, they killed Sydney, but she was really a paramedic wearing a Sydney mask or whatever the fuck right. they did with see, Michael yeah, Myers. See, like you anything. Know what I'm, could be anything. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I don't think we got your, your opinion, though, because you seem to be very sad that Dewey was murdered, as we all were. But do you think it was the right decision? I think that Dewey dying... I I want to be on the level where I say like it's necessary because I feel like that would help me accept it more. And I do get fundamentally and like objectively why they did it. But I don't know if they needed to. Again, like just going back to like the nostalgia factor. There's that part of me that knows it made the most sense for the movie. But there's the other part of me that's like, but it did it. They kept him through four. Would one more have hurt? Like, did it really bias anything? Did it matter? Like, would I care less about it? Would I feel like there was less stakes if Dewey lived? Like, so I kind of feel very on the fence about it. I don't think I would have liked it more. Like, I don't know what it bought us in the end. I don't know, guys. Maybe I'm just not ready. I'm still in like one of the steps of grief. I'm in bargaining. Well, well, yeah, one thing you're not to acceptance keep in- for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely not acceptance. One <laughs> thing to keep in mind, Chelsea, is that Scream Five, aka Five Cream, did establish the existence of ghosts in the Scream universe with Billy right, Loomis ghosts. So the next Scream movie could have a Dewey ghost. Who is Fair. reunited ah! with Tatum, his sister, who we always forget that that they were brother and sister because the sequels really never ever bring that up as part of Dewey's life that his sister was murdered. Um, but they could reunite as ghosts and appear to maybe Gail or to Sydney. In, but in here's but here's the thing, and I think people are calling. I don't want to split hairs for a you know franchise horror movie as much as it's beloved to those of us talking about it right now. But 
people keep referring to him as Billy Loomis a ghost. He wasn't a ghost. Like only Sam could see it. He was a hallucination. Yeah. Of, you know, mental illness just to Sam. So I feel like that's another that's different and didn't break that you know, sort of a safe space of Scream not being ghost-based. I don't. I still think Scream isn't ghost-based. It was a mental health crisis. Well, Gail could yeah. go through some shit in six or just get really <laughs> Fair. high. See, that, that I'm with. That you know, I'm you with. could have a scene where Gail just takes a gummy and takes more, you know, gets overdosed, <laughs> and she sees Apparition Dewey. Dewey's just like fr- multiple Dewey's frolicking yes. in the field, and Gail's just like, Doo-doo-doo. yeah, you could do a, uh, yeah, I'm you could do it. a whole song and dance number with with uh, with apparition. Dewey. That's the next scream. Okay, call Paramount. It's mm-hmm. like scream, but it's also a musical mm-hmm. in like daydream. It's mm-hmm. like the I'm here for it. So everyone's on the table. Sure. Now you uh, just because we we just brought up Tatum and Dewey being brother and sister. Even though I just rewatched all of them, I wouldn't remember. Did they ever in the sequels mention that Dewey's sister had died? Did he ever, ever bring up Tatum again? In Scream 5, even Sam references. She's like, my sister was attacked and stabbed. I know you know what that's like. I guess I mean in 2, 3, and 4. Did they? I, don't I believe in three. I, I, I haven't rewatched three in a little bit, but I do believe that in one of the sequels, somebody does mention uh, Dewey's sister and Tatum having been murdered. Okay. Because in the third movie, the killer supposedly was the one behind all the previous murders. Which is so So crazy. would have known or possibly been lurking in the shadows while Tatum was murdered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think she does is brought up, even maybe by name at one point. But I don't know if she is at all in Scream 2. So it must have been Scream 3. Poor Tatum. So I know. Is there anything... I mean, there's a million things. We could do this for hours and hours. But is there something big from Five Cream that we haven't touched on yet that either of you want to raise right now something that stood out to you that you love that you are confused i mean neither of you i mean chelsea you can't be confused about this because you have seen this movie like i have watched it more times than i have gotten vaccinations i have it's ingrained in my memory and chelsea has gotten all her vaccinations but i've gotten so many i've gotten for everyone that we're supposed to get i get one extra but there is a there is a limit on vac on how often they will vaccinate you there was no limit to how not often- for me <laughs> i just changed my social security number yeah i feel like we've talked about everything that was on my mind i'm here for skeet Ulrich, justice for matthew lillard kill scenes could have been better but overall god bless everybody so before we go what predictions and we've talked about this a little bit but do you have any off-the-wall predictions for what we may see in what I think is the inevitable Six Cream, Scream Six. Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to take the safe one, and I definitely think Stu is going to be the killer in Scream Six. I think he's the legacy character you're bringing back. Matthew Lillard is 
a actor who's still kind of at the top of his game, you know, when if he's down to do this, I think that's a, a, a slam doink. You bring in Lillard to be like the big, the big villain, the big, you know, reason for this movie to exist. So that's what I think. Do you guys have any, any other predictions for where Scream might go? Well, to piggyback very quickly on the stew thing. So during the scene where Dewey is briefing and giving the rules to the newbies, apparently, and I haven't seen it, I've only seen it once. So uh, Chelsea, if you caught this, let me know. People online are saying that Dewey is talking about Stu as if he was still alive. He mentions him in the present tense because Ooh, we do I didn't catch that, but I love it. We do get one of Stu's relatives, that greaseball from the bar, who was awesome. And I didn't recognize him. He used to be on uh Veronica Mars. I did not even recognize him from oh that. Oh my god, I didn't either. That's such a fun Easter egg. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, he and he's done a bunch of stuff, I guess, apparently. Uh and he gets killed very quickly, but he is related to Stu. And so right. my thought is that that is going to be something that comes back in this next film. Either Stu had something to do with the killings now because Amber said she was radicalized online. And we don't know for sure if that was by Jack Quaid's character or by just, somebody else. Got all... I yeah. have chills. We should get see they, the visual. We both went. <gasps> were they both radicalized by Stu. And is he upset that they killed his nephew? Do they not? Does he not care? But there is some connection there. So my guess is that the people who, the person who radicalized the two killers from this film, is Stu. Oh, I I, I got chills. Chelsea's leaving the room. She can't take. I'm it. sorry. No. <laughs> I, my fiance is doing a live stream. Shout out to Tash Neal. Download Charge It to the Game right now. He does a weekly concert on his Facebook. Tash Neal on Facebook every uh, 7:30 every Wednesday Eastern Standard Time. So I have to run. I think yes. Matthew Lillard. If he's not in it, I'm boycotting Scream forever. Whoa. And I hope Courtney Cox doesn't die, but she probably might. And I love you guys. I'm pushing stop and sending this to you. But that's that's just a technical term. That's not for any. I mean, put that in because then people can see how podcasts are No, made. they need to know how yeah, the sausage is made. Yeah. But I love you guys so much. Yes. Bye bye. Chelsea. Chelsea White. Keep yes. wrap up without me. Do you care? I love you. No. Right. We, do what you need to Follow do. Follow me at the Chelsea White and watch the Drew Barrymore show. Yes. In and the show notes. All this in the show notes. Exactly. Okay. I love you guys forever. Bye. All right. So Clayton, Chelsea had a run. And I think her exit is she exited the right time. We're exiting at a less right time, which is a little later, but also yes. still, I think the right time, the right time. Yes. Um. So that was our dissection of five cream, AKA scream. I mean, it may be something we do once in a while. If a movie really deserves it. I mean, the thing is this movie earned it based on, the uh, the history of this being one of the great movie franchises, but more importantly, it earned it at the box office. Absolutely, you know yeah. it it earned this celebration. And uh, if other movies go out there at the box office and really earn this kind of full episode celebration, that'd be great. I mean, we may have to do one for Jackass Forever, depending on how well it goes. That's a great idea. 
you know what? We'll figure out the number where if Jackass Forever opens up above a certain number, it will also get a full franchise celebration uh, episode. Yes. And we'll find a special guest like Chelsea, who is a uh, big wig in Hollywood, the way Chelsea is on the Drew Barrymore show, and is a jackass super fan. Yeah, I think that sounds good. But yeah, Pat, let's wrap this up. Let's do it. And I think until next time, we'll smell smell you at the... the...